What are the need areas and strength areas for your student? It's lovely to get to purchase curriculum that you can use for all your students. Sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. So I start with just the one I'm working with in front of me and I'm like, what does this child actually need? What's gonna help this child learn and succeed? And it could be that they change a different curriculum later. This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades and almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. This podcast is devoted to encouraging you in your homeschool journey through conversations with amazing homeschool leaders and advocates. I wanted to remind you to please subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That may be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Please leave a review and rating, especially on Apple Podcast. If this show has helped you on your homeschool journey. It really helps the podcast out, and we sure do appreciate it. Also, we are now on YouTube, so if, you, if video is your style, please like and subscribe to the Zantyler podcast on YouTube. And be sure to go to the website, zantyler.com. You can find all my social handles there for the show, like Facebook and Instagram. You can also send me a message. So now with all of that out of the way, let me introduce you to my guest. My guest today is Ann Crossman. As one of the original generation of homeschool kids in the 1980s, Ann went on to Stanford and Duke universities, taught in public high schools and military barracks, authored four best-selling books on education, and has been homeschooling her own children since 2006. She is also the author of the book and video series, Homeschool Like an Expert. Welcome, Ann. And it is such a pleasure to have you this morning. You are one of the few people I've had the privilege to interview who is actually homeschooled. So if you don't mind, start out by telling us your background as a homeschooled student. Well, thank you for having me, Zan. I'm delighted to be here. And what a privilege to honestly hear your side of the story as well, because you have so much to share. Um, but as far as my background goes, I've been in the homeschooling world for decades. My parents rescued me from a toxic school situation that was pretty rough back in grade school and uh, homeschooled me in the late 80s when it was barely legal to do so. And um, from there, uh, homeschooled for a while, went into public high school, went on to Stanford and Duke and uh, got degrees uh, from Duke and then um, went on to teach professionally. So I, then I taught in the public school system for a few years. I taught in military barracks in Seoul, Korea, did a lot of private tutoring and a lot of random teaching jobs uh, while we lived overseas and then came back to the States. We started a family and in 2006, I started homeschooling our kids and our tribe continues to grow and <laughs> I've been homeschooling since then. 
Well, that is exciting. Tell us a little bit about your military experience. So what happened was we we moved to South Korea for my husband's work. He was a consultant with an international firm uh, who was doing some recovery work after a crisis there. And I wanted something to do. I didn't have kids yet. And so I got some wild jobs. Like I got to do some recording um, for ESL projects. Basically, they have a lot of young kids who are learning English. And so I would go and be the voice behind the storybooks that they were using to teach the kids. Um, I got to do random commercials for like medical products <laughs> because I spoke English, things I would never do in the States. And also included in that are uh, just getting to work on a military base. I applied for a job and got to teach um, what was kind of the flip side of what I had taught when I was in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, my students in Carolina had been um, everything from standard level all the way through honors level. And many of those students, or those types of students rather, had gone on into the military after finishing. So I, I sort of saw the flip side of them. And I'd have each set of students for about two weeks, uh, 10 hours a day, training them and prepping them for some of the courses that they needed to pass in order to be promoted to the next level. You know, that's exciting because we have, for a while, the military was hard on homeschoolers, and now they're reaching out more and more to homeschool students. Joe and I were just part of an Army Educator Week where they had 30 or 40 educators from across the country, and we represented homeschooling. There was a two-star general that we had dinner with one night, and I said, how did you get interested in homeschooling? And in one of their most difficult courses, the top three performers were homeschooled students, and he said he began to see the handwriting on the wall. So as, as one of my favorite people, Ben Carson says, no knowledge is ever wasted. So how great that you even have that military experience. It, it's been, yeah, I, I think what I walked away with, because I've seen education now from so many different vantage points, whether it was the smidgy bit of time I was in like a Montessori private something, or all the homeschooling years or the public side of education and then teaching and then teaching, right, all of that. Um, I've learned that there are a lot of great ways to get an education and not everything works for everybody. And so as a parent, just pausing for myself and saying, what does my child need? We have four kids and individually looking at each child and saying, what does this child need? This is, you know, he, she, they're their own person, their own being uniquely made. What do I need to do to help this one thrive with all her giftings and strengths and weaknesses and challenges? And so it's given me a fresh perspective, I think, of of how I think about teaching. Man, that that is great. Well, you know, the 80s were such a different landscape for homeschooling because that's when Joe and I started homeschooling our kids. And of course, it was, um, it was not a welcome uh, rebirth of education at the time. And so I, in some of the literature, I was just reading about you and one of your books, which I'm loving, uh, How to Homeschool Like an Expert. You talk about the fact that when you went to Duke and Stanford, you waited a while to tell them you were homeschooled. Yes, I absolutely did. Because you're right, the landscape has changed. Now it's become a desirable thing, which has been such a shock wave, a wonderful shock wave. Um, but for so many decades, it was something we didn't tell anybody because there was a lot of um, consternation and, and uh, concern and honestly disgust for some people. Things my mother endured, Zan, I imagine you did as well. Like, all the accusations from family members and close family members even saying you're creating square pegs for round holes, you're going to ruin your children, right? All those worries mm -hmm. have now played out. And I think like this two-star general you're referencing and so many other 
people who, now that we see the, those eighties kids growing up and the adults that they've become, it's like, Oh, we didn't ruin them. In fact, I think <laughs> they actually turned out to be holistically balanced life learner, creative, uh, healthy individuals. We're all still human. We're all still flawed. We have our mistakes. I, uh, homeschooling hasn't cured me from, from sin or, or frailty <laughs> or pride. Like we're all still human, but uh, it gave me the tools to, to be the kind of person that I think is closer to who maybe God intended me to be because I learned so much from my parents at home. You know, it's interesting to see the flop from the 80s to now. When when we started homeschooling, I was threatened with jail by the state superintendent of education. And so it was the attorneys in that department who for eight years just really prosecuted and persecuted us as a family. And uh, my second son, who is now an attorney, was just named as general counsel for the State Department of Education as a homeschool dad with four kids. And uh, so it is, it's interesting to see what the Lord has done. And, um, and, and, and you're right, homeschooling college recruiters are coming after homeschoolers instead of avoiding them. And it's a, it's a good place to be if you're a homeschool kid. And I don't think I answered your question fully on that one, but I'd Stanford and Duke. No, I did not bring it up uh, with any of the professors because I was categorized in an unfair place if I did that. So it was always secret. Um, not something I mentioned. I only brought it up actually when I began to take education classes at Duke, preparing to become a teacher. And even then it was after I'd already established myself as um, them. I wanted them to see me for who I was as opposed to some label that is not well understood um, as opposed to now. So there's a chapter in, in homeschool, like an expert that's completely devoted to that college question. Actually, uh, Dean Sue um, Wasilik, who was the Dean of students at Duke university for I don't know how many decades, um, loads of decades, I think around 30 or 40 years she was there. She and I did a bunch of research and reached out to admissions offices at universities across the U.S., and they're all listed, which universities in that chapter. And we interviewed them all and said, hey, what do you think of homeschoolers? What, um, how do you perceive them from an admission standpoint? How do you see them actually uh, playing out over the course of their college career? What concerns do you have? What do you wish homeschool parents knew? Uh, what are some of the, you know, what do you, how do you wish they would apply differently than what they maybe are? And that was such an incredible project to be a part of because there hasn't been any work done like that previously. We couldn't do it previously because it wasn't welcomed. And now that you're correct, overall, we kept getting the same message, which was we really like homeschoolers. We don't actually have a way to track um, whether or not someone's been homeschooled if they were so pre homeschooled previous to high school. Uh, yes, because that's there right. just isn't space in the application mm -hmm. for that. So for instance, my son just got done with all of his college apps and he was homeschooled up through eighth grade. So none of the institutions knew that he was homeschooled unless we incorporated it into his essays, which they encouraged us to do. Um, because yeah, it, it's, it develops a certain type of learner that colleges are eager to include in their mm -hmm. student body. That's right. And, and that's one of the things that I love about your book, Homeschooling Like an Expert, is that you really delve into what we can do for our individual children, which um, I, I think people forget that there's two aspects of education, context and content. And when you f just focus on content, you've lost what it can mean for the learner. 
and what it can mean for our children to be treated as an individual. Well, we start with the child first and not the scope and sequence. It, it makes a huge difference. So did you have a heart? Did you know immediately that you wanted to homeschool your children after being homeschooled? Or was this a process for you? I did. I loved homeschooling as a kid. It, like I said, not, and this is not a ding on the school system. I mean, I was a teacher in it. Um, not every school situation is what I experienced, but um, this was early eighties and I had a bullying teacher and she would publicly shame students in front of class mm. for their performance or behavior. And it was not a, an environment conducive to learning for, for me. And so mom and dad pulled me out and, um, um, that was, that was exactly what I needed. It helped me rediscover my love for learning. It helped me uh, revel in creativity and exploration and be willing to fail because failure is such an important part of the learning process. Hmm. And if you're afraid of being shamed in front of all of your peers, you're not going to explore or risk because heaven forbid you fail and get publicly, you know, ridiculed. And, hmm. um, so I loved that about homeschooling. In fact, when my husband and I were first dating, uh, I, I asked him, what do you think of homeschoolers? He's like, Oh, homeschoolers are so weird. I said, you do know I was homeschooled, right? He goes, no, but you're the exception. All the rest of them are weird. Um, and I said, this is really important to me. I actually want this to be an option for our kids. Again, it depends what the kids actually need, but I then sent him on a mission. I said, I would really like, if you want this relationship to continue, I would appreciate it. If you would research what, what is a homeschool family, what are homeschoolers actually like? And he took me seriously to his credit. Uh, he was in a church in North Carolina, where there were piles of homeschool families and he picked two of them and just spent a lot of time in their home. He tutored their kids. Uh, we, when I would visit, we would, we would babysit their kids so that the parents could go out on date nights. Like we found ways to, to do life with these families. We're still close to them. And he walked away from that experience saying, I really like these kids. Like I really, he's like their eight year old wants to talk to me about Tolkien and, and they're real kids. They don't care about the swoosh on their shoes or like that doesn't matter to them what's cool. They want to learn stuff and they make things explode. And and he sort of gravitated to it at that point as well. So um, I was so grateful he was willing to make that step and go out and do that research. But yeah, homeschooling has always been a strong option for me. Um, and again, it goes back to what each of our kids needs. But I'm so excited. I've been able to give them certainly those elementary school years to learn and explore and risk and fail and try and pick yourself up again to see what life has out there. Well, uh, what a remarkable thing for your husband to do. Not even your husband yet. So that that is that is really boy that is a great story. So what led you to re to write your book and do the video series Homeschool Like an Expert? Hmm. Uh, yeah, that one was really close to my heart for a while. I think and Zan, I'm sure you've experienced this after being in this community for decades. Whenever there's a new parent considering homeschooling, they come to us with the same 15 questions, which are the titles of each of the chapters in the book. So I'm, you know, you've, you've seen them and you've heard them for years, right? How do I know if I'm going to be able to homeschool my child? What if they have special needs? What if I have multiple kids? Where do I find curriculum? How do I figure out my kid's learning style? What if I want to put them back into school? What do colleges think, right? All those <laughs> It was the same 15 questions every time. And while I love talking to new parents considering homeschooling, and I know a lot of the other parents in our co-ops did, it was such a bottleneck. Um, mm -hmm, it was such mm -hmm. a challenge for parents who are outside of that community to find someone inside that community that they could ask. And even then, what if they're asking a parent who's so new they don't know enough? 
uh, to really be able to direct them to the right resources yet. Cause they're still learning, right? They got right. the emails on it. How do That's we right. welcome parents into this space and make homeschooling accessible to any family from any background, no matter who they know or whether or not they attend a church or like, how can we, if, if we really love this educational tool, which I know we do, it's like, how can we share this with more people? And so I wrote it in a way to be super practical saying, I want to be able to answer those same 15 questions, at least get, get all of us a starter. It's like a starter kit, right? You're <laughs> so right that's right. Any family could come to a homeschooler and say, Hey, how do I do this? And I'm like, here, read this book or watch the video series and then come back and talk to me. And like, I'll tell you what we do. That's kind of different because we all tweak it in some way. Um, but the principles I think are really similar. And so the principles uh, in this book are what I collected from families for 20 or 30 years. These are not all my ideas. In fact, probably very few of them are my ideas because some of the best ideas are what we've gleaned from others, the people who've gone before us. Uh, there's no way to credit people with it because it's been, like so long and it's been, it's gone through so many iterations to get here. It's like, I don't know anymore, but these are the ideas from the women that I've worked alongside and the men uh, training their kids. Um, so originally it was going to be a book um, to answer that part of your question. I was working with my publisher who have, I've written uh, three other books with them and then COVID hit. So we were actually planning this book pre COVID and when COVID hit, I realized parents are panicking, understandably yes. so. We're all panicking. And, and, and they needed information right then. Yes. Information yes. fast. No one, and I mean no one, is going to sit down and read a book. And we can't retain things when we're under mm -hmm. you know, anxiety anyway. So um, I made a 20-minute film, The Quick Start Guide to Homeschooling. So it's not even the full series, thinking that at least we could hand to parents and say, okay, do you just need some basic questions answered so that you could start Monday if you need to, because your school is shutting down like that was, that was the intent of that. Um, but then I also thought, you know, as long as I'm doing the quick start guide, it would probably be great to get the main principles also on video, uh, because not everybody can, you know, read quickly. My daughter, I, one of my kiddos is dyslexic and I'm thinking of her as a someday mom saying, you know, if she wants to homeschool her kids, there's no reason she can't as a dyslexic individual, but it's going to take her so much longer to glean from this book than if I just put it in a video and actually showed the visual aids mm -hmm. and had it so much more accessible again. So my goal in making the video series was not to duplicate the book because they're actually fairly different. Uh, same, similar content, but they pre present themselves differently. But was uh, again just going back to how can I, how can I help families everywhere um, decide whether or not this is the right fit for them, and if it is the right fit, take the first few steps. So all the videos are free. Um, Homeschool Expert runs like a nonprofit now. The book uh, is the only thing that's for sale, and the movies are all on YouTube. So anybody anywhere can watch it. And you know, with the advent of COVID, we had so many parents that were in the situation I was in in the 80s where they had never thought about homeschooling. All of a sudden, they were forced to think about an idea that they said they would never embrace. And so something like your videos there, that is really a huge help. So I want to move on um, to one of the, the principles I love in your book, and that is you give three things that parents should consider before choosing curriculum. What are those three things? Yeah. And, and part of that's so important too. I'll back that up to a tiny bit because I, has Anne, have you experienced this or when someone comes to you and they say, oh, I'm thinking about homeschooling. Their first question is, where do I find curriculum? Have you seen that happen as well? Oh, absolutely. And, 
and unless again it goes back to the fact that education have a, has a context as well as content and if you want your curriculum to succeed unless you couch it in the context you speak of in your book i mean we're not we're not giving ourselves the curriculum or our children the the maximum opportunity to really do well in homeschooling Right. And it becomes almost a consumeristic approach for that's like, I have, yes. if I just buy something, it'll fill it. It's like, it doesn't work quite that seamlessly. In fact, you end up spending a lot more money than you probably need to, and it may not that's right. even be the right fit. Um, so, uh, three of the things, uh, and there are certainly more, but three of the things that I talk to parents about when they're asking about homeschooling, where to find curriculum is first, we start with is homeschooling right for me? And that doesn't mean that you have to be available Monday through Friday. I think you and I are going to talk about that later with scheduling, but like, is it right for me? Is it right for our family? Okay, let's have that conversation first, because that's really important understanding what the commitment is that, that we're making, how to flex it with our life. It envelops our life in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. All of our world is our classroom. That doesn't mean it's consuming, but it just means it's really an intentional way of living. And so I talk with parents about that. Um, the second thing that I talk with them about before we start looking at curriculum or what are the need areas and strength areas for your student? It's lovely to get to purchase curriculum that you can use for all your students. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. So I start with just the one I'm working with in front of me. And I'm like, what does this child actually need? What's going to help this child learn and succeed? And it could be that they change a different curriculum later. Totally fine. But for right now, let's look here. Uh, And then family needs in terms of budgeting and time. Uh, Some of the parents who are making homeschooling work for them as a single parent or with a full-time job have to choose curriculum that's going to be more online or has accountability in different ways than Mm -hmm. the traditional textbook, paper, pen format. And all that sort of naturally narrows down where we start to head. Um, I think one of the things, I can't remember where in the book I bring this one up, Zan, it's it's been a bit since I looked at it, but one of the things I encourage parents not to do is not to combine curriculum with their community. And by that, I mean, for new people coming into homeschooling to not say, oh, if I join this co-op, they already have all the curriculum both needs are solved at once, books and friends. It's like, well, it seems like that's a good starting place, but if it turns out the curriculum isn't the right fit for your student, you're going to lose both your curriculum and your friends because you can't stay in that community if you're not using that curriculum. Mm. So it's not that those communities can't be valuable and they aren't important. They absolutely are meeting a need and they're wonderful. But for the newbies, it's kind of like try to try to not make that your first step. Uh, try to find other homeschool families to do life with. And we talk about how to do that later in the book, but so that you can keep those two separate. Cause as, as we learn our kids more, um, I like I'm constantly flexing what it is that I am not just what I'm teaching, but how I'm teaching our kids as they age and mature and new need areas come up or we solve old need areas. Like I'm, I'm constantly tweaking. When you put a curriculum in context, like I say, it really, it just gives everybody a bigger chance of success. One of the things you talk about that I love uh, is just the learning styles, becoming students of your children and know how they learn. And then you can tweak almost any curriculum to speak to the needs of that child. So for those in our audience who may not know, tell us what you say about learning styles. I believe that all of our children are uniquely gifted and wonderfully made, right? We're we're each of us fearfully, wonderfully made. 
And I think one of the challenges in the system that I, where I previously taught was I was only given one way to teach something. And what I love about homeschooling is that I can tailor it to each of my kids and to their needs and their, and their pacing. I think pacing is really important with kids. I think there are times when, um, I think I talk about my brother in the book, uh, he didn't read until he was eight or nine. And I, and I mean like, the basic letter consonant and the consonant mm-hmm. blends and like that, all that, none, none of that until he was eight or nine. I read when I was three or four, uh, it wasn't an intelligence question. It was just a timing. It was like, just, it wasn't the right time for him to learn that. And he had started out in a school system. If he had stayed there, they said they were going to put him in a special ed class, not because they thought he was special ed, but because they didn't have the capacity to monitor his learning going forward. And at that point, that's when my mom pulled him out as well. So when I think about, you know, learning strengths and giftings for our kids, it's so that we can afford them that time to mature and grow at the pace that they need and also be ready with the information that they need, um, uh, and, and the best way to present it. So are our kids, you know, hands-on learners, do their bodies need to be in motion in order to actually absorb information? Do they need a quieter space? Do they need paper? Are they more visually stimulated? Uh, and I, and I give a very easy breakdown in the book, uh, that parents can go through and ask their kids. Cause especially if you're talking to a second grader, they don't know if they're kinesthetic, but it's simple things, simple things. Like when I ask you to do a job, what's the best way that you can remember to do the job? Is it because you're saying it over and over in your head? Do you need me to write it down on a sticky note for you? Do you like, what does that child need to actually get the chore done? And like, then we can use that information to help figure out what kind of learning strength might that be that I can then apply somewhere else to geography that has nothing to do with taking out the trash. Um, so, so I talk about that in the book, but how do we find those ways to understand our kids Knowing, of course, they're going to continue to change, uh, doggone it. Like just when I thought I've had one kid figured out, <laughs> he, would, he would totally change into this new student. I'm like, well, I'm going to relearn you then. Uh, and I did. Um, so that's, I think, the, the intentionality piece that I, that I talk about in the beginning with parents of. You know, those of you who have kids out there and you're having a hard time, you can't keep them focused on the homeschool experience, I would really encourage you to visit this chapter in Anne's book on learning styles. I know that I was, um, there were two things I said I would never do in college. One was have kids and the other was teach. And so, you know, I spent my whole adult adult life doing, but I was totally unprepared uh, for homeschooling my kids. And when I, I saw I was exposed to my first book on learning styles when my oldest son was eight. And all I, I refer to this as Independence Day in our homeschooling because when I understood that Ty was auditory kinesthetic, he learned by hear by talking and moving, both of which are unacceptable behaviors in a classroom, then all of a sudden Ty could be who God made him to be. And I wasn't trying to make him sit still and be quiet. And it took all of his energy to focus on being still and quiet. So he had no bandwidth for learning. So that is those that's a remarkably freeing principle of any type of education, but you can implement it so well in the homeschool. So, you know, if you want to pick up Anne's book, you can get it Kindle um, and just look at it today. I would visit that chapter on learning styles. It will set you free. Um, I also want to talk to you about, oh, I'm sorry, Anne, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I, on that note of setting parents free, like I was going to, you know, amen that from over here and second that, because I think for parents starting out homeschooling, they talk about, should I have a classroom in my house? 
do we need to salute the flag? Do we need to have desks, right? There's a picture of what a schoolroom looks like and they're trying to duplicate it here and to be able to free up from that and say, your child can stand and do math. And there's no rule anywhere that says he, she has to sit down while they're doing their schoolwork. They can <laughs> run around right. and come and do a problem and do a lap and do a problem. And like, yes. So all that sort of, I think, I think we place our own selves in a box as the parent teacher saying, it's got to look like this for them to actually be learning. And it doesn't have to look like that. Well, we do that out of fear. Yes. I mean, we do that out of fear because we think that's what's expected of us. That's what we had in school. And if we don't do that, somehow we feel like a failure. So we're both here to tell you, you're free to explore what your child needs, you know, that that's important. So one one thing I want to talk to you about is your chapter, how much time does it take to homeschool? But I'm going to, we're going to come back to that. I'm going to move forward because there is one section in your, in this chapter that I love, and it's your ideas for teacher and service days. And I just love the questions you ask. Again, moms, if you're looking for a way to be set free, look at this list. The first question is, what is something I would like to do with the kids this year that would help me enjoy them as the gift that they are? You know, what a great question. We forget when we homeschool that we are, we can enjoy our kids. We get so bound up in all of the outcomes, we forget to enjoy them. And uh, so all of these questions, I don't know if you want to develop this concept for us of this teacher in service day, because I think it's brilliant, Anne. Oh, thank you. Um, well, again, this was from the moms who had taught me for so long, and I had seen some burnout and others not, and I wanted to know why. And I sat down with so many of them over the years and asked, what keeps you going? Why? Like some of them had many more kids than, than we have five to eight and they were going all the way through high school. And it's like, how do you, how do you keep doing this? Because, uh, summer break isn't even a summer break for homeschooling parents. We are always their That's right. teacher. That's right. And there's a responsibility. And with that responsibility, uh, for most of us, I think comes a burden, a sense of like ownership and like, I am the buck stops here. I am the last resort. If something does not go well for this child's life, like I am kind of covering everything. <laughs> so there's a sobering feeling that comes with that. And that sobering feeling can lead to all kinds of anxiety and distress and discouragement and just follow that path, right? If, if you if you need to, to see where it can go, but it doesn't have to go there. And for me, one of the ways I want to encourage the moms and dads teaching is how can we prevent having any of that happen? Yes. Mm -hmm. There are days where we're like, is any of this right? Am I totally wrecking my kids? We haven't been able to do long division and we're trying, we've been trying for like six weeks. Like what's going on? You'll get there. But in the meantime, um, how are we refreshing our souls? How are we like Psalm 23, right? Going back to the streams of water and saying, Lord, restore me and refresh me. You've called me that to this. This is hard. How do you want me to love these kids that you love even more than I do? And so, um, Oh, for me as an introvert, right? A lot of it's knowing yourself. What, how, how do you refuel yourself? For me as an introvert, it's, I need some time by myself. I need a couple hours a week where I'm just going to go to the library, read a book. It doesn't have to be expensive, right? I'm not, I don't have to do something exotic, but I need to go somewhere and just have space to think and not have anybody tugging on my, my jeans or asking for something or a property dispute or an oatmeal spillover or whatever. <laughs> just going to get some breathing room. 
And that did so much. Or my husband, uh, when our kids were tiny, I, he would come home from work and we'd do dinner and then he would manage all the nighttime stuff uh, once or twice a week. And I'd go run all my errands and do my grocery shopping at 8 p.m. when the stores were practically empty and I, it was just quiet and I didn't have to bring my whole crew with me. Um, and even that was a way of refreshing. I've seen some families who who say, you know what, we're going to cut back on what we would spend on going to the coffee shop and choose a lesser model of cell phone and find ways to cut back other places so that we can hire somebody to come in and clean our house for us twice a month. Like that really deep cleaning that at the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, all we did today was school and I have pink scum that's growing up in my shower walls. I just don't have any more anything in me <laughs> to go in there and scrub one more thing today. It's like, okay, how can we lighten that load? Because we can't be everything to every person all the time. And if you're somebody who feels rejuvenated scrubbing pink scum, then don't get rid of that job. Like, keep <laughs> that job. Uh, but find something else to get rid of. Or if you're the extrovert tendency, it's like, great, do not go to the library and read a book, especially a book about teaching that's not allowed. No education yeah, books allowed right. <laughs> at library time. But like, get a bunch of girlfriends out who have nothing, to, like, none of them homeschool, which would be awesome because then you can't talk about homeschool and you have <laughs> right. to do something that's. That's you focused, uh, not because we're trying to like be selfish. I don't think you're hearing that from me. It's just uh, someday our kids are going to grow up is one of the ways I think about it. Someday my kids are going to grow up and leave home. And who am I going to be after they're gone? Will I have my own hobbies or interests outside of them? Will I have friends outside of our homeschooling life? Will I have uh dates that my husband and I still go on that we love to do together. It's so important to keep fostering that marriage relationship, not just absolutely mom hat all the time or the teacher hat all the time to take both those off and go back to wife, husband uh, hats. And so I think those are some of the principles that I'm encouraging in this chapter, but Zan, it sounded like there were particular questions that you liked. So what were you seeing or reading that you thought resonated with some of the folks who, who listened to you? You know, it, it just was such a great trajectory, your questions. Um, how can I raise expectations for my kids to take on more for themselves and work myself out of a job? All of these questions, the question that I was so afraid of as a homeschooling mom is, what could I do better this year? Because that, as I was doing, I would always take one day off to really pray and seek the Lord and look at the past year as best I could, I always felt so much guilt if I thought my child had not done what he needed to do in math or if I had failed somewhere else. Whereas if I had been, I was just under, I guess I was under such a microscope all the time. I was so afraid of failure, just like you were talking about earlier. We need to have room to allow ourselves to fail and allow our children to fail. But that was such a, if, I would say to my younger self, look and see what went right and what went wrong. And don't be afraid of the things that go wrong, things that go, things go wrong in every classroom every year. Maybe you just need, you know, a math tutor or a co-op or like you were saying, those other things. So I just think it's such a great idea to read. This is in, um, this is actually in the chapter in the book. Um, how much time does it take to homeschool? Read through those questions. Think about a teacher in service day, a day you can take off. There are days for planning. And then, as Ann said earlier, there's just days for relaxation. So I think everything in your book, Ann, I love it because it focuses on the needs of the student, but it also 
encourages us to to take a little bit of time for ourselves, not in a selfish way. You can't be selfish in homeschool, really. Um, but we need to do a little bit of planning. Just just invest in our marriage and other things in our lives, just a little bit. Um, so I just, I really appreciate it. If for no other reason than to model for our our kids, what does it look like to be a holistically healthy adult? I want my kids, whether or not they homeschool or marry or have kids, I don't know what God has for them, but I want them to understand these boundaries of, of work and play and rest and recovery and relationship. And if they're with me all the day, all day long, they can see what I'm spending my time on. And so for me to actually say, I'm going to pull back and, and learn something new. Like recently um, for a birthday present, they sent me on a scuba diving trip. I love to, to scuba dive. And I went and as part of a reef renewal foundation and got to uh, get trained on how to garden underwater. I'm combining my two favorite things, garden underwater and build, help build reefs uh, like in an area where the reefs have been decimated by hurricanes. And so while I'm pulling away from my kids, we're not starting school back on time like everybody else. Um, There are a lot of flexibility, points for flexibility in there. What I'm hoping to model for my kids is I am a lifelong learner. I'm I'm still getting certified and training myself in new ways. I want to take responsibility and stewardship Mm -hmm. for this world that God's made and be a part of continuing to help it flourish and grow so that these beautiful spaces are here for you to enjoy as adults. I am an individual. I am your mother and I am an individual. And that's really good for them to see, right? All those good, healthy model. And then we come back and we do homeschool and, and we're going to talk about like coral reefs and (laughs) it's going to be part of our science stuff this year. And I have pictures for them and videos of me working underwater. And, um, and I needed that, that mental health break. Um, because I, I've actually suffered from a lot of chronic illness. And so for me, it's like, that, I, that's what I needed to do to come back mm-hmm. and be the teacher. My kids need for the second semester with all their special needs and special learning needs. Um, I needed to take that time to really refresh and, and get my head straight and be back here a hundred percent. Well, Anne, thank you so much for joining me today. Your whole, your entire life is such an encouragement because you have taken the time out of your schedule, out of your family's life to, to set other families up for success. I really appreciate that because we all need support. And so tell people how they can find you uh, if they're interested in following you after this podcast. Thank you. If you go to homeschoolexpert.com, everything is right there on that page. So homeschoolexpert.com. I've got social links on there. The header page will take you right to all the free videos if that's what you're looking for. I will say it's worth looking into the free resources link uh, that's up at the top of the page. I have created things like um, a book list. A lot of times parents ask, Mm. you know, where can I find good books for our kids? And so they've been sourced from a lot of great resources and parents over the years. So that's a handy free download. All the downloads are free. There's nothing on the website that makes any money. So homeschoolexpert.com, you'll have podcast links where you can join in and listen to me uh, talk every week, I, or not every week, but every uh, podcast, I talk to someone else. In fact, Zan's going to be on one coming up talking about her experiences, hopefully in um, South Carolina and how she helped homeschooling become a reality, a legal reality 
Um, one of my goals with the podcast series is actually to capture the legacy of homeschooling and to tell the story of where it's come so that those of us still homeschooling can appreciate where Mm -hmm. it's been and keep carrying that forward. So please check it out. Would love to have you follow me as, as you continue to follow Zan and all the great work she's doing. Well, thank you all for being with us today. As we close, I just want to thank our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. Uh, I think they embody so many of the principles we've talked about today. They give us a curriculum that takes into account and respects our children's learning styles. And if you're looking for support with the BJU Press curriculum, you can contact any of the 200 consultants that live nationwide who are there to support you and help you in your journey. You can find them at homeschoolhelp.com com slash map. Just click on your state and you should find those who can help you. And also you can find out more about the curriculum at bjupresshomeschool.com. Thanks for joining us and have a good day. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at zantyler.com. Until next time, see you later.